Good morning, everyone. We are in Matthew chapter 15. It says in verse 1, Then some Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem. And let's just stop there for a moment and talk a little bit about this. I think it's important when you're reading really any of the New Testament, really the whole Bible, is to find out who is involved in the setting. By now we have seen some of Jesus' interactions with the Pharisees. The Pharisees were a sect of religious leaders that were very concerned about following the law. They looked down on others who didn't follow the law the way they did. Uh, the Pharisees were looked at or made up a significant part of the Sanhedrin, uh, being the religious Jewish leadership in Jerusalem. They did have not authority governmentally, but they did have a measure of authority because they were looked at many times as leaders among the Jewish people. And sometimes the Romans would consult with them and just manage managing the Jewish people in the region, as we saw in the, you know, in the crucifixion of Jesus, they were involved in that. Now, many times the Jewish people all throughout history and in this day, instead of relying on the Torah and the Old Testament alone, they had their traditions. So they had rabbis who became famous. And, you know, even in this day, there are other, other documents that the Jews use to describe Judaism other than the Bible uh, and things that they look at pretty, pretty close to on par with the Bible. In this day, it, that all, may not have always been written, but would have been oral or verbal tradition, things that they believed that they added to their belief of the scriptures. And Jesus was very frustrated with a couple of things. One, all these additions they made. Number two, that they were always focused on religiously what was happening on the outside without realizing the condition of their very own heart. You know, when God chose a family through Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you and I want you to be a blessing. But by this time, instead of being a blessing, the Jewish people were, or the Pharisees in particular, were not seeking really to be a blessing to the people around them, but were considering them as like dogs that didn't follow um, the Jewish ways. They were, they were being really uh, separatists. And, you know, Jesus, as you know, when he came, I mean, he wants his gospel to be known to everyone. Now, he cares very much about the word of God, but <clears throat> we still want to make that open to people. And the Pharisees were very, um, very much keeping things to themselves and being judgmental of others and more focused on what happened on the outside versus the heart. So let, with that <clears throat> backdrop, knowing that that's the setting, that's important. That, that impacts really a lot of what's said today. So they come questioning Jesus, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? See, he's not talking about the word, but he's saying, why do you break the tradition? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Now the Jews, you know, it's obviously a good thing to wash your hands. And there was a ceremonial washing that was talked much about in, say, Exodus, Leviticus, so part of the Torah, in order to honor God in sacrificial celebration 
um, you know, as it, as it relates to the tabernacle and the priests and, and even regarding sometimes being ceremonial unclean because of something that you touched, there would be prescribed washing that would take place. But they added to it. And, and they said, well, now every time, you know, you, you do this or that, you're supposed to wash your hands. And again, not a bad thing to wash your hands, but they're making it religious law. Um, and he answered and said to them, why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? So he's going to start saying, listen, these are some mistakes you're making. You are emphasizing the tradition and sometimes so much so that you're not even honoring what was part of the Torah and the Word of God. <clears throat> so he brings up an important passage about honoring your parents. Jesus does. For God said, honor your father and your mother. And he who speaks evil of father and mother is to be put to death. Now he's quoting Old Testament passages there. And now he's saying, but you say. So now your tradition says, whoever says to his father and mother, whatever I have that would help you has been given to God. He is not to honor his father and mother. So <clears throat> they made up a tradition that let's say you're supposed to take care of your mom and dad and honor your mom and dad, but you say, oh, well, this possession I have or these resources I have, these have been devoted to God. So therefore, I'm not required to share this with my parents or honor my parents in this way because God may come first. But what Jesus is saying is that they're actually using this as a technique to say it's Corbin or it's all for God that I can't help my parents. And he's saying, you're making something up, and by doing so, you're actually violating the Word of God. So, And by this, you invalidated the Word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain they do worship me as the teachings and precepts of men. So in that passage, Jesus is quoting from Isaiah, but the Apostle Paul also brings up verse 9, but in vain they do worship me, teaching as the doctrines of men. And he talks about that in Colossians chapter 2. We've talked about this earlier because we talked about how the Sabbath is something that the new covenant has changed, the era that we live in today. you know. Uh, Christians worship on Sunday versus Saturday. And Jesus spent a lot of time uh, going against the tradition of the Sabbath by the Jews to show that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And it's the Sabbath and all the extra things that they put on it. And I know I've mentioned this before. Some of you probably heard that teaching. Some of you have not. But if you were to go and take a look at the Sabbath and everything that they wrote about it, there's hundreds of pages of what it meant to follow the Sabbath rightly, not according to the Word of God, but according to their extra teachings. And Jesus, I, I believe, feels that they polluted it so much that he made significant changes to the Sabbath today. And, and uh, these are some more changes that are happening to Judaism through the inauguration of Christianity. So listen to what he says then. After Jesus called the crowds to him, he said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what enters into the mouth that defiles a man, but what proceeds out of the mouth, this defiles a man. So this is talking about a number of things. He's kind of getting back to them about the hand washing. 
because they would say, oh, well, you're unclean. You didn't wash your hands correctly before you ate. But he's also saying, he's also beginning to talk about foods. Now, the fullness of this really doesn't get unleashed until after the death and resurrection of Jesus and the Apostle Paul grabs onto this teaching and now we eat shrimp and pork and and you know we don't have the same laws that they had in the Old Testament to follow anymore because Jesus is saying it's not about what you eat but it's about what's in your heart and what comes out of your mouth. Jesus is more interested in the inside of the man and the inside of the cup than he is just what you eat. So then the disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? And of course they would be offended because Jesus is basically saying all these things that you focus so much on, they're, they're not significant like you think they are. And you guys got to get your hearts right. But he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father did not plant shall be uprooted. And I believe he's, he's saying a hard word there to the Pharisees that you know, these things that you're planting in a pharisaical way, you know, people like you are going to be uprooted. You're you're no longer going to be part of the family of God if you can't repent of your ways and ultimately come to Jesus. Um, and he says, let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if a blind man guides a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Hard words for these folks because there's going to need to be a separation of Jewish people from these pharisaical beliefs. And, and the Jewish people, and many have, are going to need to come to Jesus and, and not follow this old way anymore in the new gospel era. Otherwise, they're not going to be following Jesus rightly. And, and Jesus is spelling that out pretty clearly here. Peter said to him, explain the parable to us. And Jesus said, are you still lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, and slanders. These are the things which defile the man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile the man. You know, if you think about it, what you have going on in your mind dictates what you do so you know typically you're not murdering uh, unless someone just attacked you unexpectedly and you responded but if there's an intentional murder right that that murder's happening in your mind first if you commit adultery you first lusted and then temptation got a hold of you and then you committed adultery um if you stole something you thought about it before you did it and then you did it so do you see if you get your mind and heart right in alignment with god then you don't do those evil deeds and that's what jesus is saying yes all those things are evil and you shouldn't do those but it really comes from the evil that's going on in your heart and mind first so it's not just about washing your hands it's about what's going on inside of you jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman, this is a Gentile. See, and that's always important to know, again, who's in the scene. So this is a Gentile. Now, the, you know, the full gospel didn't really come to Gentiles during Jesus' day. But there were signs and indications that the gospel would be expanded to anyone who would come to know him. At first, Jesus really was focusing on the Jewish people. Um, but 
And here's another sign about how the gospel, and of course Matthew, we've talked about this, but Matthew writing some 30 years later after the death of Jesus already knows in the full gospel area where where all Gentiles are welcome to the faith in Jesus Christ. So 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 Matthew's writing about some of these things that happened in Jesus' life to indicate that. So this Gentile woman came from that region and out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. So even though she's a Gentile, she's acknowledging Jesus as Lord and from the family line of David, which he was, which she's probably trying to win favor here, you know. And my daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. Imagine the desperation of this mom wanting to see her daughter healed. But he did not answer her a word, and his disciples came and implored him, saying, Send her away, because she keeps shouting at us. And, you know, them being Jewish um, may have had a little bit of that Pharisee in them and a little bit of that separation from the Gentiles in them. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Isn't that interesting? The lost sheep of the house of Israel. See, the Pharisees, they thought of themselves as found sheep. <laughs> they thought of thought of themselves as leaders, but Jesus is saying, you know what, I'm anyone who's willing and is lost and is willing to find me of the house of Israel, the Jews, I, I want them to come to me. And again, throughout history, many did. The Jewish faith is very small in comparison to Christianity. It's about 14th in, in, the, in the size of uh, religious observances today. It's not a very large religion. But she came and began to bow down before him. Now, what an honorable thing to do, right, for this woman. <clears throat> so now a Gentile woman bowing down before Jesus. And <clears throat> she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, when she said, Lord, help me, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, he knows that this woman knows she's a Gentile, and he's given her a hard time right now. I think he's honored that she's bowed down, but he's given her a hard time, and he's kind of going to see what she has to say here. And he's, he is saying, he's saying, you know what? We're not supposed to take from what we would give Jews and give it to Gentiles, the dogs. But I think he's just testing her, and he's seeing how she's going to respond, because she already in desperation has come to him multiple times, has cried out, and now is bowed down to him. And this woman has a little bit of, she's got some wisdom, she's got some spunk, and she's got some determination, and she wants her daughter to be healed. So she's not about to turn away easily. I love it. But she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> uh, my dog, Charlie, he... uh. He's so good about, he's bad about a lot of things, to be honest with you. Not well trained, my dog. But he does sit right next to me when I eat. And he doesn't jump up, and he doesn't beg, and he doesn't say anything. He just sits there looking at me, and he, he waits for me to give him some food. And uh, the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from the master's table, and don't they do that? Um, then Jesus said to her, O oh, woman, your faith is great. See, man, sometimes you've got to press through. You know, Jesus, I remember the woman who came and touched him, or blind Bar Bartimaeus, or Zacchaeus up in the tree. I'm telling you, when you come to Jesus and you just don't want to give up, and you come to him in faith, and you just don't let something easily take you away from your pursuit of Jesus, 
He is so honored by that. I love this story. Oh, woman, your faith is great. It shall be done as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. He didn't even go. She just was healed. And man, praise God for this woman. And, and there's a lesson in that. Because again, this is not alone. This happens often with Jesus. Keep pressing to him. Keep being determined to pray to him. Keep seeking him. Keep honoring him. And just wait for God to bless you. Sometimes it's going to take a while. He's testing you. Be faithful. Be determined to follow him. Hallelujah. What a great story. Departing from there, Jesus went along by the Sea of Galilee, and having gone up on the mountain, he was sitting there, and large crowds came to him, bringing with them those who were lame, crippled, blind, mute, and many others, and they laid them down at his feet, and he healed them. So the crowds marveled as they saw the mute speaking, the crippled restored, and the lame walking, and the blind seen, and they glorified the God of Israel. Just, again, the amazing miracle worker of Jesus. Oh, take it in. Oh, Jesus, thank you for your power. Oh, thank you, God, for this eyewitness testimony. We have seen him. We have heard him. We have touched him, as the Apostle John said. Man, these guys were there. They saw all this happen. They were eyewitnesses, and they died for the faith, proclaiming that Jesus was the Messiah. You can believe in him. And now we're going to see, again, the miraculous, uh, an additional miraculous feeding by Jesus. And Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I feel compassion for the people. That's Jesus' heart for the people. For they have remained with me now three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, for they might faint on the way. Listen, this is the love and care of Jesus for his people. The disciples said to him, Where would we get so many loaves in this desolate place to satisfy such a large crowd? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven and a few small fish. And he directed the people to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and the fish, and giving thanks. Look at that. He, he acknowledges the Lord, and he, he prays. Uh, and he broke them and started giving them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied, and they picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, seven large baskets full. And those who ate were 4,000 men besides women and children. And sending away the crowds, Jesus got into the boat and came to the region of the Megadon. Oh, what a great, another great chapter from Matthew about our Lord. And I think, you know, we are to remember the miracles of Jesus. We are to remember the woman who, you know, just kept seeking the Lord and kept pursuing him and kept asking for him to hear her prayer. You know, it makes me think of the story of the persistent widow and the judge eventually said, I'm just going to grant this woman justice because she's wearing me out. <laughs> and Jesus said, that's how God is sometimes. You got to keep pressing on and praise God for that. And then, you know what? I'm thankful. Uh, that you know we don't have all the ceremonial laws that we can follow Jesus now from the heart and not because of washed hands that foods have been opened up to us and it's not all about laws anymore but it's about loving our Lord Jesus the one who died for us um let's just keep taking in the word of God it's so good hallelujah be blessed <laughs>